Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job shows us what it means to be a revolutionary church. But I want you to understand that in this culture, sometimes if you live for God, you will be going counterculture. In Peter it says, don't be surprised when you go through fiery trials wondering like, what's happened, God? Have you turned your back on me? No. Welcome to Christianity. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago and President of Moody Bible Institute. As we continue our study regarding the Sermon on the Mount, we'll be learning more about a unique challenge that Pastor Mark has dubbed Jesus Upside Down Kingdom Challenge. We'll find all the details in the book of Matthew, and we'll even discover characteristics of those who are part of God's kingdom, the challenge to define the core meaning of Christianity, and the call to be a city on a hill. Our message is titled, The Revolutionary Church, and it comes from our new series simply titled, Revolutionary. Here's Mark Job. The other part of being peacemakers is that we want to see peace between husband and wife that are in conflict. We want to see peace and reconciliation between father and son that are in conflict, between family members, brothers and sisters that are apart. You see, that should ooze out of our kingdom experience. We are people of reconciliation, and we are reconciled to one another. Amen? Amen. It's my desire to see see our new life locations even more mixed up. Not mixed up in the wrong way, but, you know, mixed up in the right way. Because I believe that that reflects the kingdom of God. I believe it reflects our God. And it it reflects that we are ambassadors of reconciliation. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And then, so he gives us seven characteristics. And then in verse 10, this is not really a characteristic, but this is something that is done to us. Listen. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted? Yeah, persecuted. I don't want to be persecuted. Well, you know, this is not something you strive to achieve. This is something that will come naturally to you because you're a kingdom of God person. He said, well, hold on, pastor. I mean, when I got saved, I thought God was supposed to come into my life, make my life better. You know, I have connections in heaven, make smooth out the path. If I can't get a job, I just throw up a prayer. He helps me out. He blesses me. Now, where in all that did the persecution part come in? Well, I'm not sure who presented the gospel to you. But, but let me say, Jesus never said, come to me and life will be a rosy party, nice big street to walk down, I'll always be with you, it'll be easy. Jesus never said that. Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. And I guarantee that I will be with you, and I will, I will be your God, and you will be my people, but I also guarantee that it will be difficult following me, and I can guarantee that if you really live for me, you will also experience periods of persecution in your life. Hello? Well, Pastor, can you kind of explain persecution? Well, it means that 
Well, he explains it in verse 11. He says, blessed are you when people insult you. Anybody ever get insulted here because they're a believer? You holy roller. <laughs> you religious freak. They lump you together, characterize you, put you in some freakish, outdated, classified, bigoted category. Lump you in with the worst Christians they can think of. Stereotype you. Think of all the religious jokes they can. Blessed are you when people insult you. So I don't like to be insulted. Well, you know what, you know what Jesus is saying? As insults go your way, before they hit you and before they touch your spirit, God has already turned them into a blessing. So every word that comes out of their mouth, God's saying, I'm turning it into a blessing. Woof! Before it even hits you, it's like, blessed are you when it's interpreted in the heavens. So you can say, come on, let it roll, let it flow, man. I'm being blessed here. Let it come out because I'm being blessed as you're insulting me. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecutely and falsely say all kinds of evils against, against you because of me. Now make sure it's because of him and not because of your own stubbornness and your own stuff. Once, I run, once in a while, I'll run into someone who says, Pastor, I'm being persecuted at work because I'm a Christian. Well, what's the problem? Well, they're just, people don't like me because I'm a Christian. And then when I dig into it, it's not because you're Christian, it's because you've got character issues, you're not doing your part at your job, you're slacking off, reading the Bible in the closet. Hey, you know, if you're at work, work, please. Don't blame it on Jesus. If you're lazy, don't blame it on Jesus. Don't say you're having a prayer meeting when you're supposed to be working. You work. You work hard. You work with integrity. You do a good job. And don't tell me they fired you because you're a Christian. You were showing up late every day, every day to work. And don't tell me because you had extra long devotions. No, that's just plain laziness and irresponsibility. Don't blame that on Jesus, please. But blessed are you if people persecute you for his sake. Uh, then you're blessed, and it says, verse 12, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets that were before you. I want you to understand that as you embrace the revolutionary words and lifestyle of Jesus, you will be ostracized at times. Hey, get used to feeling that sometimes you will be the outsider. Get used to the fact that sometimes you're not going to be included in all the gossip. That when all the boys go down to the strip joint and throw down some beers and margaritas and you say, hey guys, guess what, I think I'm going to pass on this. And they say, hey, this is where we do all our really good business. And they call you some, you know what, your wife's going to get on you, what, you little mousy guy, oh, what? oh I see who pulls the strings and starts to question your manhood and put you down or leave you on the outside. Let me tell you, you understand that if you're holding your convictions in Jesus' name, that God is looking down and throwing blessing on you. But I want you to understand that, that in this culture, sometimes if you live for God, you will be going counterculture. Expect it. Understand it. In Peter it says, don't be surprised when you go through 
fiery trials, wondering like, what's happened, God? Have you turned your back on me? No. Welcome to Christianity. If Jesus the Messiah was persecuted and ostracized and eventually crucified, what makes you think that we as his followers won't get some persecution in our lifestyle when we stand up for what's right? Amen? But blessed are you when that happens, he says. And be willing to go through it. In fact, I tell you the truth, some, the Bible says that some, when life gets tough, they abandon Christianity. It's one of the ways that God screens out the real from the false. Some believers, when it gets tough and they get started getting ostracized or pressured or they got to do this or that, they bail out. They say, I don't know. This is, getting too, this is getting too hot for me. I'm out of here. It's one of the ways that he screens the truth from the false. Because those that are endured to the end will be saved. One of the ways he tells, hey, are, th are these just sort of mixed in with the Christians and sort of sympathizers with Christianity, or are they the real thing? The second thing I want you to write down here is not only the upside-down kingdom characteristics, but I want you to also write down this, the upside-down kingdom challenge. And that falls under challenge, by the way, that when people insult you and persecute you, you see, I believe there's a cost in following Jesus, and there's a strong cost, and I don't believe it's just for the missionaries and pastors and the people that go to uh, the Middle East or China or, or some of these uh, other countries that aren't necessarily sympathetic to Christianity. It's not about what you believe. People don't care what you believe, but when your belief starts altering your lifestyle, they set up and take notice. If your belief has no effect on your lifestyle, no one cares what you believe. So, Pastor, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, no one seems to mind. <laughs> I try to fit in, you know, I don't, I don't want to be weird. Sometimes we've tried to fit in so much that there's very little distinction between your values and their values. You value the same things, you laugh at the same jokes, you have their same mindset, you dress the same, you listen to the same, you live the same. If there's very little distinction, you may need to question, what is the core of my Christianity? Because followers of Jesus have a different core. It alters their lifestyle. Religious Christians, they go to church on Sunday and get a little sprinkle of Christianity in their life and it doesn't change the way they live throughout the week. Real followers of Jesus, it alters the core of how they live and what they live for. Amen? That's what Jesus is talking about. Hey, you're listening to Bold Steps, and I'm Mark Job, and we'll continue today's message in just a moment. That's right, Mark. But first, we'd like to remind all of our listeners that these daily Bible lessons can be accessed online anytime at boldstepsradio.org. While you're there on the website, you'll also want to make sure you've signed up for Mark's weekly email devotional known as the Bold Stepper Weekly. Mark, thanks for making this available to us. Absolutely. So if you haven't signed up yet, then sign up right now. Now It's free. It's weekly. We're not going to fill your uh, inbox with a lot, but just a weekly reminder pointing your attention to God. And I try to update you on different things like what's happening on campus or what we're doing in mm -hmm. our ministry. For example, this week on campus here at the Moody Bible Institute, 
We have missions conference. Oh, always a great time. Oh, it's a phenomenal time. And uh, we highlight different uh, missions, organizations, agencies. All of the students come together. We actually uh, cancel classes and focus our entire attention on a week of missions emphasis. Just two more things about the Bold Stepper Weekly. There's a link to the Bold Steps Minute there and also a link to our Spanish-speaking version of Bold Steps. Yeah, I love doing the Spanish-speaking version. We call it Pasos Audaces Bold Steps in Spanish. It's a one-minute encouragement for our Spanish-speaking audience. So just go to boldstepsradio.org. So just go to boldstepsglobal.com. And if you missed out on this week's devotional, no worries. You can easily catch up by going to the menu tab on our website and looking for the Bold Stepper Weekly. Click on that link and you'll find archive steppers right there. All right, now, Mark has much more to say about this upside-down challenge from today's message. So let's get to the third point here on Bold Steps. So thirdly, the Bible tells us here, as Jesus continues on the Sermon on the Mount, I would dub it this way. The upside-down kingdom call, and these are the last few verses that we'll look at, in verses 13 through 16, Jesus, now He's given them their kingdom characteristics and He's given them this challenge that they will be involved in. And now He talks about the call that all of them, all of us are involved in. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city sit on a hill cannot be hidden Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. He's talking about people that are kingdom people. In essence, he gives them this strategy. He says, listen to me, look up at me. You are called. You are called to infiltrate and to illuminate. That's your call. Salt and light. You know, when I sit down to eat, I always say, where's the salt? My wife, it bothers her because I don't even taste the food and I put the salt on. She says, you don't even know if it needs salt. I say, yeah, I do, because I like my food salty. So I just like, where's the salt? I put salt in before I even taste it because I like salt. Salt does two things. Number one, it gives flavor to, to, to the food, right? But the second thing that it does that we don't know of that much today because we have modern day refrigeration, but in the days of Jesus and in centuries leading up to electricity, what people did to conserve their meat especially, they would take salt and they would rub it into their meat. Because what salt is, it's a preservative. And what salt does is it stops decomposition. It stops the bacteria from continuing to decompose the meat. And so when you salt something, it doesn't deteriorate or decompose as quickly. Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth and your presence in society halts the decomposition that's happening via the kingdom of darkness because now you are rubbing kingdom of light all over this society. 
So when the people of God get serious about the revolutionary teachings of Jesus, when we begin to infiltrate a society, when the salt in our life is rubbed on the political system, when it's rubbed on the educational system, when it's rubbed on the justice system, when it's rubbed on the families and the marriages and the children, then something starts happening instead of corruption and decay and darkness then it starts to improve and turn around. Why? Because we're salt. And instead of getting worse, it starts changing things around. That's why the people of God and the revolutionary teachings of God have the ability to capture the heart of a city and to begin to turn its systems around and its families around and its communities around because the people of God become active in their community and they begin to halt the corruption that is so widespread around us. That's why we need Christians that are educators. And we need Christians that are business, but we don't need every Christian to become a pastor. I want to serve God. I think I need to go to Bible school. Well, you know, if God's calling you to that, it's great. But do you know that you can be in full-time service of God and be a business person? We need educators and business people. We need musicians and we need lawyers and counselors. We need, but, but we need them full of the salt of God affecting their area, changing things around with the gospel, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh God, I love this. Because it's not just about your personal individual relationship with God. In modern day America, we've individualized Christianity to the extent that it's all about us and God and not about us and a community and God. But in biblical Christianity, it was about the people of God following God. And I am not just a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus that's in the context of a community that's following Jesus. And what he says here is, you are the light of the world. Listen, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. A light can be hidden, but not a city. A light can be bypassed, but a city is unignorable. I believe God wants to, God wants to raise up cities. When I talk about cities, I'm talking about the people of God. When people meet you, they say, well, he's a nice person. He must have had a nice family. He must have a nice personality and attribute nothing to God. But when they see a bunch of people like you, a community, not a perfect people, dysfunctional, broken, bad side of the tracks people that have been touched by the power of God and their bias are gone and they're loving God and when they fall they get up and say let's pursue it God and they're loving each other and bringing the presence of God among them. Now the church becomes, you can't ignore it. Because now it's a city, and if I see a city, there's a bunch of lights clustered together, and it begins to light up that area, and it cannot be ignored when a people of God are full of the Spirit of God and bind together to show their good deeds in front of, they begin to get active in the community, they begin to do the works of Jesus, they begin to operate counterculture where there's bigotry and bias, they fight against it. Where there's injustice, they don't tolerate it. Where there's been a lack of patience and love, they begin to love each other and help each other out. 
The city cannot, the people and the world cannot ignore a city that begins to live counterculture. Listen, folks, we are that city. And when I say we are that city, listen, I'm talking about we're not that city if all we do is hide ourselves in a building on Sunday morning and sing a little praise choruses and take a few notes about the Bible and then disappear into our society. Listen, we are the, the what's happening right now here on Sunday morning is the gathering of the church. But when we leave these doors, walk out of this building, the church goes to its communities. We are the church gathered now, but when we scatter, we are the church scattered. Listen, you didn't come to church this morning. If you have the kingdom of God inside of you, listen, hear me well. You are the church. Tell the person beside you, you are the church. Some people say, Pastor, I really wish we could have services in the public school. I think it could really change it. Listen, we already have the church in the public school. Because you live there. You work there. The church has gone to school. Oh, I really wish we could. Boy, we really need a ministry in that neighborhood. Guess what? We have a church there. You are the church and you live there. Now start shining. Start spreading some salt around. Hey, our youth, boy, really need Jesus. I wish we could really get in there. And listen, we are the church and we're there already. And the end result is that they will see your good deeds and they will praise your Father who is in heaven. They won't praise you. They will see what the church is doing. They will see the effects of our life. They will see it and they will say, there is a God. And He's worthy of praise. But if all we are is a cluster of religious gatherings in some Christian ghetto, then our salt and light on the communities in which we live will be minimal. God, help us to be the church like Jesus called us to be. Help us to be a revolutionary church. Amen. Amen. Let's step outside our comfort zones and be salt and light in a dark world. Today's Bold Steps message is called a revolutionary church. And Mark, the world desperately needs us to be salt and light, to infiltrate and illuminate, as you said in the message. Do you have a final word for us? Yeah, really, this message is calling all of us to see ourselves as missionaries. Mm -hmm. Um, We are all called into the mission field. We are pieces of salt. We are light that shines. And so I want to challenge our listeners to put on a missions mentality. You may be going to factory working and not view yourself as a missionary, but you are a missionary to that factory. You are a missionary to that high rise. You're a missionary to your university or to your high school or that senior citizen's home, you are a missionary there. Yeah, and it strikes me that we can't really be examples of God's light unless we are truly plugged into the source, and that is God, of course. I know so many of us would love to have a deeper connection with God right now, and thankfully we have a resource this month that can help listeners unlock a new chapter in their connection with God. Yeah, so all this month, Wayne, we have been highlighting Dr. Gary Chapman, his book, God Speaks Your Love Language, and... um, most of our listeners are familiar with Gary Chapman. In fact, we're in the Chapman studios right now. Yes, we are, yeah. He's a graduate of Moody Bible Institute and just a dear friend of our ministry here. But this book is different because most of his love language book is between two people, marriage or Mm -hmm. for men or women. This is about 
God speaking our love language. I think that if you're struggling with really connecting with God and understanding, hearing His voice, this book, I think, will be good for you. Well, the good news is we would love to send you a copy of Dr. Chapman's book, God Speaks Your Love Language, when you give a financial gift to support this ministry. Just call us at 844-615-7363. Again, 844-615-7363. Or request a copy online at boldstepsradio.org. Or send your gift of any amount to the mail to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Now, when you give a financial gift of $30 or more each month, you'll be joining the ranks of a group of people we call Bold Partners. These faithful listeners help us shoulder the financial responsibilities of this radio ministry so that we can share the unfiltered truth of the Bible with people all across the country. If you're not a part of this amazing team, take your next bold step today and join us. You can do that online at boldstepsradio.org or when you call 844-615-7363. And thank you for your generous financial support. Now, before we close our time today, let me remind you that we'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. You can like or follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Bold Steps Radio. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and take these messages with you wherever you go. We're listed on most podcast apps as Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Joe. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us again tomorrow when we'll hear a message titled Revolutionary Prayer. We'll be learning the mystery behind asking, seeking, and knocking. The message comes from our series titled Revolutionary, and it's coming up Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.